that's what the that's what the eye is. <laughs> the eye is for Incon- the eye in Christmas is for inconceivable. There's a, hey, there's no eye in team, but there's an eye in Christmas, and it's for inconceivable. <laughs> we should get that printed on shirts. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Kaylin. As usual, I'm Whitney, and the cat on my lap just farted. <laughs> I wanted to have a good opening, and guess what? Can't have that. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. All of them. Happy candle nights. Let's get all of them in there. Happy, happy. Happy, happy. Happy, happy, happy <laughs> from all of us to you. Wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey! <laughs> What's that? <laughs> if I really tried to label all the all of these strange restaurant birthday chants that were locked away deep in my mind, we'd have a hard time. <laughs> oh man, that's a good question for the week. Can you sing us one of your favorite restaurant happy birthday songs? And not Felice Navidad, okay? Like, we all know that <gasps> Wait, one. We Felice all know Navidad's that one. Navidad's not happy birthday, is it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah. We all know that one. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Why well, said not that one? <laughs> yeah, don't sing Felice Navidad. We all know that one, guys. Anyway, <laughs> this is worse than the first time we recorded an opening tonight. So, since we needed a double feature, I've bestowed upon myself the greatest honor, and that honor is to come up with our Christmas week story. And instead of doing one, I've decided to do uh, very many small ones. Let me explain. No, no, it's no, too no. Much. It's too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> sum up. You keep on saying that word. Do not think it means what you think it means. Inconceivable. Anyway, so for this week's story, I have decided to dive into winter folklore. Now, a lot of it surrounds um, Christmas, but where does Christmas come from, you know? Christmas, you thought, doesn't come from a store. (laughs) Christmassy thought means a little bit more. <laughs> Is that where you were going with it? Is that what were you? <laughs> no, but that's fine. I have decided to give us a little snippet of folklore that begins with each letter in the word Christmas. Oh, very creative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I decided to do this because I really like folklore. I think that's one of the my favorite things that we talk about on this podcast. Yeah. And I don't think we talk about it enough. No, we did for Christmas last year, and I yeah. thought that was really great. But before you get started, I just want to say, since you're spelling out the word Christmas, does that mean that uh, out of all your stories, there's Noel? <laughs> I hate it. I, that's, I told her I was going to use a joke today. I didn't tell her what, and this is what I have been waiting. It's beautiful. Quite frankly, it's, it's captivating, your jokes. And, um, I just, I don't know how you do it. You're so star striking. I think, get out of here. I think that when we record this podcast, the humor just snowballs, you know? No. It's missile totally hilarious. No, that one was bad. That one didn't off. work. We're gonna cut out all. No, we probably leave all the bad jokes in this time because Absolutely. it brings Christmas cheer. Brings Chris. It's practically here. It's practically here. Uh, speaking of the Grinch, Carly once again coming in with the big guns. Um, I ask, what's the best Grinch movie? My answer is the right answer, and she agreed. It's the Jim Carrey Grinch. 
Um, fight about it in the comments, people, but it's the Jim Carrey Grinch. Dad will fight you over that one. Yeah, he will, but that's okay. But that's okay. Okay, so let's test some of your knowledge about Christmas. Please don't. What's the first letter? K <laughs> for Chris Kringle. <laughs> Just kidding, it's a C! <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? Correct. So the folklore that we're going to be discussing for the letter C. C stands for Christmas Eve's Talking Animals. Boy, what a mouthful for C, huh? So, listen, I just want to let you know right now. It, it, uh, H is okay, and then it kind of goes a little bit downhill from there. But it's fine. We're starting with C. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Tell me about the Christmas Eve Talking Animals. Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle, that is who I am. On Christmas Eve in some countries, children are drawn towards stables and stalls in hopes of hearing animals speak. Why, may you? Why, you ask? May you ask? Why? Kids like talking animals? I mean, everybody does. Don't get. Don't get. <laughs> in the morning, I'm making waffles. I'm making waffles. Well, according to a Norwegian legend... Jesus was born at exactly midnight on Christmas Eve in a working stable filled with animals of all kinds. Notably ox and a sheep. But animals of all kinds. Baby Jesus had a barn. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> These animals were so enraptured by the Savior's birth that God gave them the ability to speak praise in that instance. Oh. They were so filled with joy that they needed to be able to uh, uh, spout their uh, praises at the wondrous sight that they had uh, just they had just beheld. Uh, and he didn't speak animals, so they right. had to make sure they spoke the human. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that he, the baby, would remember. <laughs> The day of his birth, when all the animals came to his birthday party. And they said, wow. Wow. <laughs> now, this may be a spectacular sight. Um, unfortunately, the animals were quieted before the shepherds arrived. Now, so, who did that? Who did, who did what? Who shushed them? Um, uh, God again. He was like, that's enough. <laughs> He's like, you know what? On second thought, bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now, oh, now, there are um, many pagan beliefs and rituals that kind of tie into our Christmas celebrations and festivities. So talking animals, especially talking, talking oxen, actually aren't necessarily surprising outside of this story about Jesus um, and pagan beliefs, um, specifically a 1901 story by French-American novelist Marguerite Conlifoen, M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E-C-U-N-L-I-F-F-E hyphen O-W-E-N. In his uh, story, The Tribulations of a Princess, he talks about a young man who is so distraught he was very distraught because his girlfriend's rich father disapproves of their relationship. So because he, he's poor, or I don't know. Probably, he's a poor boy. He's a poor boy, and when he's sad, he runs to the stables. So I'm gonna assume he's poor. Yeah, probably a poor little stable boy. Right. And so he runs to the stables, and uh, lo and behold, there is an ox in there that tells him that they know the location of a secret treasure, but the treasure in question cannot be reached by humans, quote, unless the blood of a Christian be sacrificed to the spirits which animate these monuments of past and pagan ages. A Christian, huh? Yes. And I don't know if it's a Christian like in beliefs or a Christian namesake. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I'd rather we not get rid of him. Christian. He did okay. We should know another Christian. I don't, I don't even know, know if I know a Christian in real life. I knew one in like elementary school. Really? Yeah. 
That's the only one. No, I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Long story short, we shall all meet at the stables on Christmas Eve to hear the animals speak at midnight. Do we have or to, make a to learn of a or hidden make, treasure. Or to make a sacrifice <laughs> for the hidden treasure. One or the other. Or both. Or both. A little bloodshed on Christmas never hurt anyone. No. Mom said, I was home the other day, and Mom said, I can't make gingerbread houses anymore because there's always bloodshed. That's not true. <laughs> That's said, not true. I said, one year, Mom. One, one year. year we had a sacrifice on our gingerbread house, and the next we did a very tasteful octopus attacking the house. There was no blood in that one at all. I know. No blood whatsoever. And then we did a train heist. Do you remember that one? Yeah, she only remembers the bad gingerbread house. That one was a good one. I don't know what you're talking about. We turned that side towards the wall so nobody Nobody saw it. it. It's fine. A little creativity. Anyway, okay, so talking animals on Christmas Eve. Yeah. For a very brief time. Yeah. I always thought, you know, animals probably can talk. They just choose not to talk to me. It's a toy story. They have better things to do with their time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They better... I Oh, that's sad. They have more important people they gotta get to. Who? Dinah, who's sitting on your lap right now? Who does she need to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's the C. Now we have the H. I'm going to Christmas Eve and I'm taking with me... <laughs> A green giant. <laughs> get out of my face. The Christmas Eve talking animals mm-hmm. and and holly beading or homing. This sounds feisty, bad, <laughs> not necessarily terrible. I found it quite funny. <laughs> I found it quite funny because, um, in our family, I think I would have been the one in most trouble. Oh, you get in trouble? This happens when you're in trouble? Yes, yes, actually. So those of us who have trouble rolling out of bed in the morning might be in some trouble if we followed Welsh traditions surrounding the day after Christmas. So on December 26th, which is also known as St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day in some places, holly beating was a tradition where the last person to get out of bed in the morning would be beaten with sprigs of holly. Ouch, and they hurt. Yeah, literally a holly beating. Literally. Oh, holly beating. Holly I beating. thought you were saying holly beating. No, beating. Like B-E-A-T-I-N-G. It could be. <laughs> when you whispered, I thought it was a sex thing. And I said, it could be. <laughs> Unfortunately, this kind of just morphed into young boys beating the unprotected arms and legs of young females on December what? 26th. Yeah, they would just like run around and like... Just sexual harassment? I don't, well, I don't know. <laughs> I can see your ankles. What's up? You dirty whore. I can see your ankles. Now you will be whipped with the holly bush. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what was that? Are you possessed? By an old lady. It wasn't me, it was Dinah. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily for us, luckily for me, uh, this custom died out before the end of the 19th century. Um, But I think we should bring it back. I'm bringing it back. We should bring it back, yeah. No, because I'd be the. I have to get up early. You're just going to have to be up before mom and dad. That's impossible. That's impossible for me. Moving on. <laughs> Let's move on to more realistic things. All right. C H R R. We're not talking about pirates. pirates. Nope. Oh. So R stands for Necht Ruprecht. R for Ruprecht. Bless you. Gesundheit. K N E C H T R U P R E C H T. Can you use that in a sentence? Um, yeah, in German folklore, Necht Ruprecht is St. Nicholas's quote-unquote uh, enforcer or other half. They're not dating. Oh. Well, they could be. Mm. It's like Belschnickel. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty much like Belschnickel or Krampus, who we've talked about before in our previous Christmas episodes. So, Necht Ruprecht was first written about in the 17th century as a figure in a Nuremberg Christmas Procession or Nuremberg 
Chris Kindle's marked. Chris Kindle's marked. So is that all one word? Yep. C H I R S T K I N D L E S M A R K T. Interesting. Um, it essentially is like a old German Christmas market. So during the four weeks of Advent, the city's main square houses wooden stalls with dozens of vendors offering gifts and like snacks and things. So it's mm-hmm. like a big kind of like a festival leading up to Christmas. Sure, like a little carnival or right. or like a street fair. Right. So he first popped up. Um, they have like parades, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he first popped up like in one of these in the 17th century. So according to some stories. Necht Ruprecht was a farmhand who met St. Nicholas one Christmas, while others state that Necht Ruprecht was a feral child that St. Nicholas found and raised as his own. Now, Necht Ruprecht is now mostly depicted as older, wearing a black or brown robe made of rags with a pointed hood. He is often sporting a beard, a soot-blackened face, or a frightening mask of some sort. Sometimes horns, but not usually. Hmm. Because of a mysterious childhood injury, he is noted as having a limp and walking with a long staff that has bells to warn of his approach. Now, Ruprecht also carries a bag of ashes wherever he goes that comes in handy sometimes. I'm sorry. For what you... Good question. According to tradition, next Ruprecht will go around on December 6th asking various children if they can pray. If they can, they receive apples, nuts, and gingerbread. If they cannot, he will hit the children with his bag of ashes or give them lumps of coal. If they act out particularly bad, in Austrian folklore, he will actually beat them with birch branches, stuff them into his sack, and throw them into an icy river. Wow. So, uh... Your boy's got a temper, yeah? yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, so can they pray or will they pray? Can they. So, like, do they know how? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if you just make it up? Well, then I think he might just hit you with the bag of ashes and not necessarily stuff you inside and throw you in an icy river. As opposed to if you just flat out refuse to pray. Right, he's going to smack you in the face with birch branch. I hope he has, like, an age level he goes for. Because what about, like, wee bibs that can walk? Can you pray? Goo goo gaga. No. no. <laughs> those become. Wrong. Those are the ice babies. The ice, ice baby. You got it. Dun, 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 dun. Ice, ice baby. All right. Yeah, that was a bad rubric. joke. He's very, yeah, it was. But it's fine. We're going to sk- skate on past that. Yeah, so next rubric is very similar to Belschnickel. More Belschnickel than Krampus, I guess. But same tactics. Bit of both. Bit of both. Bit of both. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. You're absolutely and not right. not the movie. <laughs> so I... Inconceivable. Stands for inconceivable. It also stands for Ireland's Wren Boys Procession. What are they, what are that they doing? That one was a little. That one was a little. What are they doing? At least it was at the beginning. It was at the beginning. I... Yeah. So, this is another tradition that occurs on St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, which is December 26th, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. So, just so we all know what I'm talking about. St. Stephen's Day is a day to celebrate St. Stephen. He was the first Christian martyr. Um, Boxing Day is celebrated in, like, Canada and the United Kingdom. And it started out as, like, wealthy families giving servants that work the holidays like a christmas bonus Mm. and now it's kind of like a holiday bonus from companies that you work for like your boss is giving you like a gift so it's neither boxing nor boxing no it's not cardboard boxes and it's not punching boxing well i think the gifts were supposed to come in boxes that's why it's called boxing day disappointed anyway anywho (laughs) So, the Ireland's Wren Boys Procession. So, on December 26th, people would dress in old clothes, straw hats, and paint their faces. They would then go around from house to house singing, dancing, and playing music for each household. Sometimes they would collect tips. 
to give to a charity. This still happens today, this Red Boys procession. I'm really glad you said to give to a charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was usually like, or like a local, it said local charity. So I think it's like a local place in need. Or the schools or something. I just meant the the tips that we would get when we were kids for doing like fun things would be like, don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Double not your shoes. I don't know. (laughs) So this tradition stems from a time in Irish mythology where birds held great prominence and were thought to be a link between this world and the next. So Wren voice procession means like the bird, a Wren. Ah, W-R-E-N. Yeah. So the Wren held significant importance because of several reasons. Um, It was said that the Wren betrayed Irish soldiers fighting Norsemen by beating their wings on their shields. The Wren was also blamed for betraying St. Stephen, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. who is the first Christian martyr. It is also considered as a symbol of the year just past because it is known to sing in the coldest depths of winter. So it kind of like marked the end of the year. Mm. So due to all of these reasons, um, the Wren was actually once hunted as a sacrifice on December 26th. It was wrapped in a holly bush and walked around the town in a procession while people repeated the poem, The Wren, the Wren, the kings of all birds. On St. Stephen's Day, it was caught in the furs. Up with the kettle and down with the pan, give me a penny to bury the wren. So thankfully, wrens aren't hunted down and killed now, but they still do the parades and the festivities. And they dress up like they would. To kill the wrens, but they don't kill the wrens. Well, I'm glad it's less violent than <laughs> seasons prior. <laughs> than seasons prior. Than years prior. So Christmas, we're on S. S stands for Saturnalia. S-A-T-U-R-N-A-L-I-A. Saturnalia. <laughs> so Saturnalia is an ancient Roman pagan festival that honors the agricultural god Saturn. Saturnalia. It is a midwinter festival celebrated from December 17th to December 23rd. So the holiday derived from older farming related rituals of midwinter and the winter solstice. So they're, I mean, they were already celebrating like midwinter and the midwinter solstice. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of was like the God of Saturn. We need to praise them as well. So we will just kind of throw them in there. Mm -hmm. So it kind of all morphed together. So during Saturnalia, all work, school, and courts came to a halt. Wreaths and greenery were strewn about the homes, and many people began to wear more colorful clothing. So instead of, like, white togas that we would think of, they would wear, like, more festival color, bright colors, fancy Hmm, things. Interesting. So these days were spent gambling, singing, playing music, feasting, socializing, and giving gifts. On the last day, gifts of small terracotta figurines known as Signalia... Sit, say, signalaria, signalaria, S I G N I L L A R I. These are given to friends and loved ones. Now, in the fourth century A.D., the Temple of Saturn in Rome was placed in charge of Saturnalia celebrations, which seems fair. I mean. It's there. It's for, I mean, if you're going to put anyone in charge of it, it probably should be them. So they began the holiday with a sacrifice of a pig. And the cult statue of Saturn had its bonds loosened to symbolize the god's liberation. So they had a temple, obviously the uh, temple of Saturn Mm -hmm. in Rome. There is like a statue. And they tied it up and then they loosened the ties on it. Well, uh, yeah. Essentially, and then they also killed a pig there. <laughs> we're gonna pit, we're gonna kill this pig and then untie our statue. <laughs> Listen, they I think they sacrificed it to the god. The god got a lot of power, so the they loosened the ropes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not the fun part. <laughs> it sounds thrilling to me. <laughs> the fun part is in households that would celebrate um, Saturnalia, they would choose a mock king. It was usually, like, not the head of the household. Um, 
But this person was chosen to rule over chaos during the festivities. Oh my gosh, right? this is wonderful. So they would be responsible for making mischief, like insulting guests that came to the house. <laughs> they were supposed to wear like outlandish attire and masks and things like that. And then they were also supposed to chase around women, which I don't agree with. <laughs> We don't like, hey, we do not condone such behavior. <laughs> but insulting guests, I'm I'm up for it. What's the restaurant that you go to? That's my question for this week. What's the restaurant oh, that you yeah. go to where they write a really mean insult on a paper bag and put it on your head? I don't remember. You don't talk about that. Yeah, either. I don't know. I've never been. I haven't either. It's Charlie's? I want to say it's like something like Charlie's. <laughs> I don't know. It probably is. <laughs> But anyway, I think we need to choose a mock king for... Oh, it already started. It's the 21st. We only have two days left. John Cena... John Cena can't insult how... Wait, we don't have anybody to come to our house. <laughs> My John Cena cardboard cutout could very well insult anyone. <laughs> no, absolutely He's not. wearing a grass skirt, a lay, and a Santa hat all at once. That's He's insult. got the crazy attire, I guess. <laughs> insulting to fashion. <laughs> He's got no taste. All right, the T in Christmas stands for uh, Tomte? Tompt? Capital T O M T E. Tompt? Tomte? Tompt? Tompt? Tomtes? So these gnome like creatures pop up in Swedish winter traditions with long white beards and red knit caps that are pulled down over their eyes. Gnomes! Yep. So Tomps hang out with feral cats while living in outbuildings of farms. They were thought to possibly be the souls of the original landowners or the original like farm owners of the area. And they decided to stay nearby to protect their land and whoever lived on it. Yeah, good nomes. So leaving a bowl of porridge out on Christmas Eve for the Tomts are, is considered like a really big sign of respect, especially if it has like butter in it. <gasps> So if porridge was not left out or one was being generally rude, Mm -hmm. just rude, like um, cursing or like not doing their chores or being mean to the animals, the tomt would cause mischief for those residing on the land instead of like helping them. They would like pull pranks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Tomps that were angered even further and people were really disrespecting them, the Tomps could actually impart a poisonous bite that may become fatal to uh, those who they were mad at. Poison gnomes. Yes, poison gnomes. Now, these are actually, like, if you Google these, they are like a super famous... Christmassy decoration. So they're like little felt characters. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? They, look they have like they Santas, have, but they're not. They have Santas. big Santa pointy hats, and then they have big beards and no eyes, big beards and like hair like underneath the hat, and then big noses. I but they're little teeny tiny guys. I'll, sh- I'll I'll post a picture. But I exact I knew exactly what they were sp- what they looked like when I saw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have thought it was a Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Some people think it's kind of, it's kind of in the Christmassy atmosphere because people think they're like Santa's helpers, like elves or like Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, it's kind of tradition to uh, like um, transitioned over into more Christmassy winter yeah, time. Interesting. Yeah. All right. The M in Christmas. What do you think it stands for? Mary, did you know? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Marsupial. No, oh my god, it's super obvious. We kiss underneath of it. Mistletoe! <laughs> we don't wait, kiss wait underneath. a minute, that's not right. We don't kiss underneath wait, of it. Wait, <laughs> you and I do not have not. I have never and would never use that word. Kiss. No. <laughs> Did you not watch Ojimbo? <laughs> Whenever 
I got it. I got it. I was, woo, you threw me through a loop there. I had no idea what you were talking about. I got it now, though. I understand completely. Anyway, moving on. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. Mistletoe. Mistletoe has many myths and legends surrounding it that come from pretty much all over the world. So it was considered to be by, like, the Greeks a very, like, a very important um, plant in medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. It was thought that it could cure, like, cramps or just pain in general. Um, What's his name? Plenty the Elder wrote about it. Oh, Plenty. He thought he had, like, they, uh, he also agreed that it had Mm -hmm. a lot of curative properties. Um, I haven't read a ton about him, but everything I've heard is he was a good time. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So just in general, it's got a lot of... um, different ideas surrounding it about what powers it possesses. This is kind of more of a story of why we kiss underneath of it. <laughs> one of the stories of maybe why we kiss underneath of it. We, we don't, don't kiss. We don't kiss underneath of it. We don't kiss in general. No. Anybody. No. My, these lips are for me. <laughs> <laughs> these lips were made for... Walking. Slip it up and throw it away the key. So there's a story in Norse mythology that Odin's son, Balder, was prophesied to die in a dream. He, like, had a dream that he was going to die. Mm-hmm. So his mother, whose name was Frigg, and was who was the goddess of love, decided to take it upon herself to go to all entities of the world and of the gods' worlds and essentially secure an oath that none of them would hurt her son, Balder. Um, but she forgot to consult with the mistletoe. So, Loki. Yep. Um, Another one of Odin's sons. Yeah, Trickster. Mm-hmm. Decided to make an arrow from the plant. He kind of got annoyed that Balder was essentially now invincible. So he decided to kill Balder with this arrow that he made from mistletoe. Now, in one version of the myth, Balder was eventually resurrected from the dead by some gods who felt sorry for Frigg. So this made Frigg so overjoyed that she declared that mistletoe was now a symbol of love, and she vowed to plant a kiss on all those who passed beneath it. I think she felt kind of bad that she had, like, forgotten about it. And so in order to make up for that, she decided to now say that it was... She's the goddess of love. Yeah. So she's now like, this is my she plant. She adopted it. Yeah. Everybody should kiss underneath of it. Not everybody. <laughs> now, in England, um, servants were pretty much the first people to start kissing under mistletoe. They decided that men were allowed to steal a kiss from any woman caught standing under the mistletoe. And whomever refused would have bad luck. And then this kind of caught on with, like, the middle and upper class. And so that could be another reason why we kiss underneath. We don't kiss underneath. We don't kiss. (laughs) I want to be very clear. As sisters, I don't kiss don't. anybody. No one. <laughs> sisters, especially, we do not kiss. We kiss our cats, our literal feline companions. I wish I could kiss Greg. <laughs> Caitlin wishes she could kiss her fish, but I can't. Uh, but anyway, Alas. yeah, that's why we kiss underneath. We don't kiss. <laughs> that's why. There's a tradition of folks kissing under the mistletoe. Thank you. You're welcome. You want to move on to the next one? Yes. Christmas. The A in Christmas stands for arsking or year walking. Arsking? Arsking. A, listen, I don't know how to pronounce it because it's A with like a little circle above it. R-S-G-A with another little circle above it. N-G. Our sticking. Our sticking. What's it from? What's Sweden? Yeah, what I said. <laughs> Got it one. So we're once again returning to Sweden to learn about our skiing or year walking. Now this I found this fascinating. This is my favorite, probably. So this was actually a complex form of divination that was practiced on either Christmas or New Year's Eve at midnight. 
So I guess Christmas Eve at midnight or New Year's Eve at midnight. Oh, special magic? So divination is, quote, the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. So to participate in Arsgang, an individual was supposed to sit in a darkened space without eating, drinking, or sleeping for an entire day. So essentially like the New Year's Eve day, the entire day you're in a darkened room, no eating, no sleeping, no drinking, no speaking. No social interactions, I guess. You're supposed to be by yourself. Nap, long nap. No naps. No naps. No naps. (laughs) No kibs. No kibs. So at midnight, the the individual would then get up and walk usually through a wooded area, but they were trying to reach an, uh, like a place of power. So a church or a graveyard. Those are the only two that I had seen, but a place of power, quote unquote. Hmm. (laughs) Excuse me? No, go ahead. Power plant. (laughs) A water, a water treatment plant, a dam. One of those big windmills. Sun, I don't know. (laughs) Walk through the woods until you get to the sun. Don't stop until you do. Anyway, during this walk, the individual was supposed to catch glimpses of things to come in the following year. So essentially, like sitting in the darkened room like just yourself not really doing anything it's supposed to kind of open yourself up to supernatural forces surrounding you um you're also weren't supposed to let anybody know that you were doing this (laughs) so i haven't seen steve all day where you think he is i don't know maybe some arse gang but he didn't tell me So, many people believed that those who decided to perform this ritual were also opening themselves up to harm in many forms. So, one is that if the the ritual was performed wrong, one could actually end up losing their sanity, losing their eyesight, losing their... um, Well, just having their heads or bodies distorted in some way, or just disappearing... Like, in general. So, there are many stories that you can read that claim that, like, because you're not supposed to, like, talk, like, the entire time. So, it's, like, people, um, like, met up with other people who were doing arsking, just, like, by chance. Mm -hmm. And that's allowed, but they actually would, like, talk to each other, and that's not allowed. So, like, as soon as they spoke, like, they would lose their eyesight. Like, these supernatural forces would... Howdy, neighbor. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, also there's a story of like, I don't remember what it was, but it was essentially like a guy came across a rat and the rat farted. What? <laughs> and he laughed and then he lost his eyesight. And from then on, all blonde I, people. I, I daddy, why, daddy, why I is swear. that person blonde? Mm, rat farted what? during all our saying. That's I swear. weird. No, it's a true. It was legit. I'm not joking. Hold on. Let me find it. Oh my god. No, I can't. I I want to do a whole episode on this because I found it so fast. I swear. I swear. If I'm wrong, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Well, it's weird that it's like they were only secluded for a day and only went food without food for a day, but all these crazy things will happen to them. Like, what if it was longer? <laughs> At times, this is from a website that's one of my resources, but this I'm reading directly from the website. At times, the spirits were less sinister and more comical. One story from Kusla's book describes a walker who encountered rats drawing a cart of hay. Quote, one of the rats... <laughs> Quote, one of the rats slipped on the ice and fell on its back while farting so loudly... <laughs> It could be heard across the whole parish. At that moment, the year walker burst into laughter and the vision disappeared, which meant his quest was for naught. Uh Uh-oh, did it all for nothing. And now he's blind. All right, I'm so sorry. Wow, that's just rotten luck. Right. right. (laughs) Um, 
So other reasons why now you could if even if you did the ritual right, um, many people believed that Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve were nights where um, like dark forces could come into the like our realm. So you mm-hmm. could encounter different spirits that were harmful. Um, that same website goes into detail about some of them. Um, so you, even if you did everything perfectly right, you could still put yourself in danger. Because if you run into these entities, they could just harm you. Because yeah. they wanted to. But if you did it right, you were supposed to see visions. Like as you pass through the woods, some would say like... You might see a funeral procession, like driving, like going through the woods on your left, which could mean like your own death, a family member death. It just meant like there's a funeral in your future, or you could see like daisies in the distance, which could mean, you know, whatever. Whatever, like it you just find a nice it was, field of daisies. It was in kind your of future. up to interpretation. They were vague. Yeah, but it was also you're supposed to as you walk, you're like walking through the next year. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and so that's kind of what the whole point was. Now, what I just read, Tommy Kusla's, I just did like a quote from his book. Mm -hmm. He goes into great detail in the anthropology, folk belief, and traditions of the supernatural. So they cite documents that date back to the 1600s of stories of year walking, but many believe that this practice comes from ancient times, so it could be much older than. Right, that's probably just some of the first documented. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Rat farted. I'm sorry, I couldn't get over that. All right. What did? They, how did they want them to react? I, I don't know. know. I don't know. So the I think some of it was the point is that you are trying to see your year, mm-hmm. and if you're paying attention to those other spirits or whatever they are, you're not focusing on the task at hand. Right. You're distracted. Right. So I think that was kind of the point. All right. So our last one. We got another S. Follow me on this one. The last S in, in Christmas stands for the Christmas Scarecrow, known as Hans Trap. There's not many S's. Why is there a Scarecrow at Christmas? Let There's me tell no you. There's props to protect. So, oh, he's not protecting nobody. Then why he dare, though? So then this, why he dare? This story is known is well known in the French-German border region of Alsace-Lorraine. So Hans Trapp was a man living in the area in the 1400s. He was rich, he was powerful, he was merciless, and he was feared by all who knew him. Now greed and power were all that were in his mind, and to obtain even more than what he already had, he decided to make a pact with the devil, which is never a good idea. Well, no, never, no, probably not. (laughs) Scientists and experts have yet to agree. So he did this while the Pope heard of these dealings and the Pope personally excommunicated him from the church. I would say making deals with the devil is probably a good reason to be excommunicated. Correct, correct. Um, So he's excommunicated Mm -hmm. and he was kicked out of his house and he was stripped of all land and possessions. So he basically lost everything. Uh Uh-oh. So he moved to Bavaria. As one does. As one does when they lose all their possessions. Um, But he was too corrupt to turn his wicked ways around, so he still wanted, you know, he wanted it all back. Mm, But instead of, like, working for it, he decided to dress as a scarecrow and wait by the road for lonely victims to pass him by so he could, uh, like, kidnap them and, uh sacrifice them to presumably the devil listen i don't know i'm not hans trap i don't understand what his first deal got him if he lost it all anyway clearly oh the devil's a trickster you can only beat him if you play the fiddle well enough that's absolutely true mm. Mm. clearly hans trap was too busy being a scarecrow to play the fiddle he was fiddleless well his first victim was a 10 year old boy Trap stabbed him and took his body back to his makeshift lair, then cut him into pieces and was going to eat him. But he was then struck by lightning and died. Some say it was God who struck him with lightning. Now you said this was his first victim. Yeah, he. Um. I never said he was good. But that didn't stop him. Oh, no. So uh, Hans Trap's soul lingered on 
taking the form of a uh, menacing scarecrow that would return every Christmas. Don't know why. And children were then warned that if they were naughty, the scarecrow would steal them away back to his lair to torture and devour them. That's horrifying and terrible. Yep. yep. <laughs> so if you don't believe this story is true, and I do in my heart, and so I know that it's a true story. Obviously. Um, there's also a man who... Um, wasn't as evil, but had uh, similar things happen to him. I don't know about the pact with the devil. There was a man named Hans von Trotha, who was a knight that lived from 1450 to 1503. He's a real guy. Mm-hmm. He ended up in a heated argument with the church over one of his castles in the Palatine territory. During this heated argument, Hans von Trotha decided to dam up the water supply to the town of Wessenburg. Well, the abbot of Wessenburg decided that he was going to destroy this dam, but that actually flooded the town of Wessenburg. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing. Okay. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Huh? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, Hans von Trotha was eventually excommunicated over the dispute by the Pope. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, there are some similarities in there, like um, Hans von Tra. And uh, the Pope. <laughs> and the Pope. Who would have thunk? <laughs> um, which it kind of, this kind of makes me mad. He was actually forgiven for all his wrongdoings on his deathbed. And you know what? I'm kind of mad about that. He probably, well, if you ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Apparently that's how it works. All right. This is our little Christmas, Christmas folklore tour. Count, uh, uh, spelling lesson. I like folklore tour. Folklore tour. There you go. Christmas folklore tour. Anyway, you like it? Yes. What was your favorite? It was great. Which letter was your favorite? Well, there's no L. Okay. Um, <laughs> one more little... Recycling jokes, I see. One more dab in there. I would say that the... Tomped? Tomped? Mm. How do you say it? Tomped. T-O-M-T-E? Yeah, the tomps were my favorite. Just because... They they just I like the idea of them. They're nice and they're easy. You just gotta give them porridge. Like, I, what's so hard about that? I would see if they like cocoa wheats. I'd give mm. them two choices. Mm. I'd leave out two bowls and see which one was left in the morning. But once you give them cocoa wheats, they're not gonna want anything else for the rest of their days. Two bowls, cream of wheat, or cocoa wheats. Yeah. Okay. No, no, just two bowls. Pick a bowl, <laughs> and then I'll bring you porridge. Blue or purple. Blue or purple. It's a taste. It's a level of taste. Yeah, I like those, but I think they were already good, really good, and they were all ones I hadn't heard of before, which was fun. Yes. There's a lot of Christmas traditions, holiday traditions out there that we yeah, don't know Yeah, about. there's a lot. Not all of these had to do, some of these were, that's why I said winter folklore, I guess, mm-hmm. at the top, because like, a lot of them were Christmas, but... Some of them were just, like, vaguely tied to Christmas. <laughs> like, this, the Christmas scarecrow, I don't know when he did all of this stuff. I don't even know if it was in wintertime. It just says that the scarecrow comes back at Christmas. I don't know. Good time to threaten kids. Yeah, I think that's pretty much why he was tied into the it. The best time to wear it's a striped scarecrow sweater, sweater is Christmas time. time. We're full of it today, huh? Yeah, we're good. We should write a musical. Don't tempt me. Yeah, right, right. Don't threaten right. me with a good time. <laughs> All right, do you think any of these stories are going to uh, keep you up at night, or do you still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as Bug and Rug? I don't love that we can't pronounce the walker, the one with the walkers. Erskine. I tried to I look it up. I don't know what the symbols. Mm-hmm. I tried to look up the pronunciation, yeah. and it was like O S backwards C. Right. And, and I said no, <laughs> thank you. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I really like that one. I wanna. I want to do uh, more of that one because I liked the stories that I read about it. I wanna try some of these. I think we should expand our Christmas repertoire. I think we should leave porridge out. I think that we should, uh, I don't think I could go a whole day without talking or eating. Or using the bathroom? Did they use the bathroom? 
Mm. I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily think that we should kiss under the mistletoe. I never, we don't kiss. <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying that. Um, what, let's see, Saturnalia? Yeah, we should choose a mock king, absolutely. Absolutely. Not Cooper. I don't want to kill Wrens, so I don't really well, no. want to participate in that one. Do they don't the, know, they don't know. Yeah, but. the new tradition. Right, right, right. Um, holly beating, that's fine. Mm. You guys can whip me with holly. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like you put Holly in their bed so when they roll over it, like, pricks them in the back, which I guess oh, makes no. sense, Oh, no. It was like, no. It was literally like, oh, yeah, you beat them with Holly until their arms and legs bleed. That's like, horrible. that's like what it, I was like, oh, my God. That one's probably going to keep me up at night because I know I'm usually the last one out of bed. This is true. Every day. That's true. Yeah. You are. Yep, 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 yep. But good story. Thank you. Thank you put you. in a lot of hard work into that one to bring us a little bit Ooh. of holiday cheer. I try. I name you the holiday cheer meister. Ooh. Ah. Mmm. Mm. That's, That's it. it. I'm, I'm not, not going. going. <laughs> All righty. Well, we will uh, sign off now. Uh, once again, happy holidays to everybody. Yeah. Um, we hope that you have great festivities safe and wonderful safe and wonderful festivities and you know what i don't know what the dates are like but potentially happy new year as well yeah because who knows when we'll recover from all of this just all of it oh you know what (laughs) just all of it I'm going to have to look up each one of these stories and process them, so it might be a minute. Might be a minute. You're absolutely right. So if you want to check out any of the resources that I used, please go to bugandarug.podbean.com. You can check out pictures of everything on our Facebook, Bug and a Rug. You can also go to our Instagram or our Twitter, at BIAR Podcast for both of those. You know what? Email us. Email us. Email us if you have heard of any of these. Email us if you would like to participate in... Uh, uh, holly beating yeah let me know or any of the above or any of the above any of the well you can't really participate in some of them how are you going to participate with a, a scarecrow that kills you you don't know me <laughs> I'll fight it <laughs> anyway uh, yeah email us your suggestions and um, tell us things that you believe about Christmas folklore Mm-hmm. If I didn't list any of them. Yeah, tell us your fun Christmas folklore. Yep. Holiday folklore. Yeah. Alrighty, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight. <laughs>